0: What is the difference between transaction-based pricing and asset-based pricing? This is the Transition to RA video series. It is question number 23. Welcome, everyone. I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so in today's question, we're going to be talking about these, these two kind of pricing mechanisms used by custodians for, for transactions. So transaction-based pricing and, and asset-based pricing. Uh, now, on a, on a previous video, to be honest, I, I probably did these in a I could have done them in the different order, but a, on a previous video, and you should check out, I, I talked about, well, who actually you know, pays these fees? Is it the client? As the RA? There are some options. So, so if you haven't already seen that video, after you go through this one, I encourage you to, to take a look at that one as well. Again, who, who actually pays for these fees? Um, but we're going to talk about the difference in this video between this, this concept of transaction-based pricing and asset-based pricing. And and the key to remember with this, th- this is one of the ways that a custodian generates revenue. Again, as an RIA, you will receive 100% of your advisory fee. And so, uh, you know, it does beg the question, okay, if, I, if I'm an RIA and I'm receiving 100% of the advisory fee, how is the custodian making money or generating revenue? And, and so one of the ways they generate revenue uh, is off of these potentially transaction or asset-based uh, fees and 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 i'll do a whole separate video on how a custodian generates revenue because i think it's important you know to understand because it is a it is a partnership the ra needs to have a way to make revenue and, and so does the custodian so i think it just helps to understand both sides of that coin as well um, and and to to be clear on these transaction charges or asset based charges uh, as the ria you you receive none of that you you keep one hundred percent of your advisory fee and one hundred percent of the transaction charge or asset based pricing is retained by the custodian uh, and, and that's that's for your own good as well I'll, obviously you know the more revenue you can make it would seem it would seem good but but for reasons i'll explain that is that is at arm's length and, and it makes it you know possible for you to 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 truly tell the client client. I, the only thing I receive for my services that I provide to you is what you pay me, is the you know perhaps one percent of of the uh, the account balance there that I that I provide services for you on, and, and and beyond that I don't have any incentives or conflicts to to use certain products or to trade more or less or anything like that because the only way I'm paid. Is based on this, you know, one percent advisory fee or whatever it is you charge your clients, and so it is. It does make it very clean, but just just to be clear, again, uh, you as the RA would not receive any portion of the transaction based pricing or the asset based pricing. Uh, so let's go through both of those here here one at a time. So we'll start with transaction based pricing. So. What that is referring to is, and, and this has changed, and I did a whole video on this of how much this has changed. That that a year or so ago, uh, pricing. Uh, used to be much more prevalent in the conversation than it is now, but but it is, as I'll explain, still relevant today. Um, that that real quick, uh, you know, a year ago, every, every time you did an equity trade in a client's account or an ETF trade or a mutual fund trade, in most cases or option trade, there was a transaction charge. If you're using this transaction-based pricing model, um, and so every time you do a buy or a sell, there was a there was a transaction charge. We'll, we'll fast forward and I'm not going to rehash all of it because like I said, I did, I did a separate video on that, but the, the custodial uh, world has moved now to where largely most custodians no longer charge a transaction charge on, on equities and ETFs. That, that has gone to zero. That, that used to maybe be you know, $6, $7, $8 a trade uh, and then it was kind of lowered down a little bit and then, and then now it's zero. Um, but, and a lot of people don't, don't realize this is, is when the, when those headlines came out, oh, trading costs have gone to zero again for equities and ETFs, they've gone to zero. They, they still exist and in, in uh, not all, which I'll explain, but in, 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 a number of cases with mutual funds, they exist, uh, fixed income trades, they exist, usually in options trades, they exist. Um, so transaction charges do still exist dependent on what investment vehicle you, you perhaps are using at that time. And so Real quick, just to run through them again. Nowadays, the the equity ETF world is generally now down to zero and most custodians, not all custodians. um, On mutual funds, there generally would be a transaction charge unless the mutual fund you are desiring to use is on the custodians, as they say, no transaction fee list, an NTF list. And I'll, I'll do a whole separate video on what what those are and and, and what you should expect from them. But the the main takeaway is that if a mutual fund is on that NTF list, you in turn don't pay that transaction charge. But if it's not on that list, there is indeed a transaction charge for every buy or sell that you do. Uh, And again, usually fixed income uh, has the transaction charge option trade. Sometimes uh, they used to, most custodians would charge kind of a flat amount up front and then a per contract charge, uh, a lot of the custodians have moved to where there's no longer that flat upfront, but there's still a per contract charge. So you could you could consider that you know transaction charge. So the the main takeaway there is that transaction charges still exist. They they, they exist a lot less than they once did because again equities and ETFs now and, and the most instances are at zero uh, transaction charge. They still exist in some capacity mutual funds and then some of these other investment vehicles. So the the idea there is if you were to work in that transaction based arrangement with your clients accounts that where applicable, there will be that transaction charge assessed. And like I said, I did a whole video on, on who pays that. Is it the client, is it the RA, do you have options? Uh, so, I, so I encourage you to dig into that as well. But, but that's how transaction based pricing works. Now, the other one is is asset-based price and sometimes ABP people will throw around. Uh, And that idea is to say, as a custodian, I I might come to you as the RIA and say, okay, as opposed to any of these transaction charges of some mutual funds and and, and, and options and then fixed income or whatever, or maybe I'm still a custodian that does charge it on on equities and ETFs, as opposed to, to having a transaction charge that kicks off every time a buy or sell occurs, We'll just instead set a, a basis point and, and, it, and it you know, it could be three, four, five basis points, something like that, where we will assess this, this asset-based price and charge against the value of the account. and in return, it will essentially be across the board no transaction charges. There will be no issues with some mutual funds. There will be no per contract on the option trades. Instead, it will just be x basis points across the board. Uh, in the account, so um, I, I'd say that's the, the simpler to understand. It's essentially a, a wrap program is what you're creating with that because again, it's it's all all included. A lot of advisors themselves, you know, might structure it as part of their fee, and so so the client uh, is is just perhaps currently at your 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 current firm used to not seeing any transaction charges, and and that's a way to essentially replicate it. Now, I would tell you there are there are pros and cons to all of this, and that's one of the things I help advisors think through is. It's just because you're doing something one way currently doesn't necessarily mean it will be the best way to do it in the RA model. And, and so, I, again, I have that conversation all the time with advisors to help them think these things through. Um, but of those of those two approaches, it's, it's certainly fair to say transaction-based pricing is, is much more used than asset-based pricing currently. And I, I think, and I'll talk on it, I think that trend might at some point change. but But uh, you generally see that that word, especially now that equities and ETFs have now gone down to zero and that's reduced the frequency and cost of transaction-based pricing uh, in, in total. Uh, you know, that, that's why it's even if it wasn't already, you know, kind of running ahead of asset-based pricing, it's certainly more prevalent even, even now. Um, and like I said, I did, do a, I did do a separate video on who pays that, but but really quickly, uh, but usually by default, whether it's transaction-based pricing or asset-based pricing, by default that is charged to the client. Uh, an RA generally has the ability to, to elect, to absorb those instead if they, if they would choose to. Um, but there's a lot of nuances with that that you need to think through. So again, I, I encourage you to look at that video. But just the, the quick note there is generally that, again, by default, the client would be uh, charged either one of those, whichever way you set up the account. Um, and, and the RA has the, the chance to, to maybe absorb it instead. So, so the question is, wh- which of these two is better, transaction-based pricing or, or asset-based pricing? This is you know, never a perfect answer because every RA could be different. Every, every style of how you manage assets can be different. So I, I don't want to give some impression that, that, oh, this is the way you should go versus another. Uh, but a couple of things I did want to throw out there that you'd want to consider. So, you know, the first one is, is maybe your clients are currently, you know, in a, in a, in a traditional wrap arrangement where, where they don't see any transaction charges. And, and, and maybe you feel they're going to be very sensitive to any transaction charge, even if it's a lot less than it, than it once was uh, being introduced into the, into the equation there. And so, you know, maybe in that case, you look at that asset-based pricing and you just kind of build it into your fee structure. Um, now, I would tell you, uh, th- this movement to zero for equities and ETF trades is only called a year old, um, and, and for, for all in existence before that, the custodian model generally charged those transaction charges, and countless uh, advisors made that move uh, from you know, more captive, say a wirehouse type environment where maybe they had that kind of wrap fee arrangement with their clients into the RA model where they did just have to explain to the client, here's how it works, here's how the custodian generates revenue, here's the fee I receive. And, and in those cases, those clients were paying those transaction charges on, on everything. And, and, and it just shows you, it is possible to to position it correctly with clients and help them understand why those fees exist and and quite frankly that's just an easier conversation now because a large portion of it is is now priced at zero for the transaction charge but just just know uh, many advisors that you know if you haven't made the move yet that came before you did it and and when there was full transaction charges and, and obviously were able to to work that through with their clients um uh, so then the second one kind of related to that is, you know, now so many trades are, you know, at this zero transaction transaction-based pricing that that maybe you don't even, you know, need to create kind of a wrap account. Maybe you don't use mutual funds um, and maybe you, you only rarely do con uh, or, or options contracts. And, and so, you know, maybe, maybe, oh, hey, all I do is equities and ETFs. And, and then, that essentially solves your problem. You essentially do transaction-based pricing, even though there is no transaction charges, because again, in most of those cases, it depends on your custodian, but in most of those cases, you, th- those trades would be going off at zero. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, let's say you, 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 as opposed to using almost solely equities and ETFs, you do use mutual funds. Um, but again, to the degree you can use mutual funds that are on, on the custodian's no transaction fee list, NTF list. And again, I've, I've done some videos on this. Um, and, and those are usually fairly expansive lists of, of mutual funds. It, it's, it's the bulk of mutual funds generally that the, that the custodian makes available are on those lists. It's, it's certainly not all, um, but it, but it's not like oh only 10%. It, it is the majority are on those lists. And and if you are someone that, that makes maybe models that you use with your clients and they're, they're comprised of mutual funds, and, and if you make those models solely of uh, mutual funds that are on the NTF list, again, those will go off at zero per buy and per sell. And so at, at that point, you, are, you know, are arguably more better off just going to transaction-based pricing because you, you won't have any transactions to uh, have a charge against because they're all going off at this this NTF list. So the the kind of main point is there is, there is no clear winner. There's, there's pros and cons. Again, something I help with uh, advisors, I'd be more than happy to think it through with you is to, is to really look at what's your current situation. What's the current uh, arrangement with the client and then look at, well, what are, what are custodians currently offering and, and how might that look if I were to make a change and what, what adjustments would I, would I need or want to make as, as part of that. And so it's, It's it's again. It's not a black and white answer because every advisor situation could be unique. Um, And then something else, just to keep in mind. Of of course, this all needs to be disclosed properly to the client. Um, In the RIA world, disclosure is the name of the game. Whether it's conflicts of interest or anything like that. And so there there are some. And and again, that's that's part of the explanation to the client. Of you know, client. Here's how it works. I have an RIA. Here's the custodian. Here's here's the relationship. And you just have to walk clients through that. Uh, but you also want to make sure it's properly disclosed, and that's that's usually in your ADV. And depends on whether you have the client pay the, the transaction charges or asset-based pricing or whether you as an RA choose to absorb those as well. There could be some conflicts of interest with that that, that specifically need to be disclosed. And, and again, if, if that's of interest to you, go back. You can find my video specifically on who pays for these fees, the transaction-based Charges are the asset based price and uh, and I go into the the disclosure requirements the potential conflicts of interest that I think you want to think through before you just assume oh i 'll definitely absorb the fees or i 'll definitely use asset based price or i 'll definitely use transaction based price and you, you want to factor all this in and and, if, and of course, you could just call me and we could qu- quickly have that conversation as well if you'd like um, and then my my final thought is. Again, the, 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 the industry has shifted. And so a year ago, transaction-based pricing was, or transaction pricing was, was uh, across the board on every product you did, unless it was on this NTF list concept, you know, the equities and ETFs and mutual funds. And, and now we're at a point where equities and ETFs are at zero. Uh, we still have pricing on these other transactions. You know, the question is, what what does the future bring? And and I and I won't claim that I know the future. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people you go back two, three years ago didn't necessarily assume would be in this situation with with zero on some of these things. So it's it's hard to tell what the future will bring. I I would note though that you know a, a custodian does need to generate revenue, and there's and there are different ways. This is not the only way a custodian generates revenue. Again, I'll do a, a whole separate video on how a custodian generates revenue, but you know, the, the challenge is when, when these revenue sources, you know, are, are declining or, or go away entirely with, you know, transaction charges and equities and ETFs, that, that makes it harder for the custodian to be able, you know, provide services for you as an RA and to invest in their platform to make it a better platform for you to use. And so it, it will be interesting to see where the future goes. I mean, it, it could come a time that that asset-based pricing becomes, Kind of more than norm, and oh, oh, we do need to charge this asset-based price into to cover our cost of actually doing these trades and 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 sending out confirms and all those sorts of things. So, the, you know, the world is always changing. That the good news is, as an RA, it's a very competitive marketplace out there. So you have a lot of choices with different custodians and different value propositions. uh And again, I'm, I'm more than happy to help you kind of think through why one might be better for you than another again not better in general because for each advisor it could be different um but just just main point being that the, the world changes the world will continue to change it's the same thing with your business that, that you are dealing with and and uh and we'll just see how things uh, work out and, and what those changes are to come uh so with that like i said I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, so, think of uh, talking about the topic today, you know, what is this? How does, how does transaction pricing work? And what is this I've heard this asset based price and what are the differences? What are the pros, cons? Why might I consider one versus the other? This is exactly what I help advisors think through. I, I want to make sure you are informed ahead of time before you maybe start being faced with some of these questions and some of these decisions. I want you to know exactly what what you should expect to hear when you ask of those custodians. Hey, how does this work? What would the price it might be? I want to I make sure, again, you're, you're ready to go and, and educated ahead of time on how that works. So I'm happy to help you with any of those kind of conversations. Uh, and if you're not already there, head on over to transition2ria.com. Uh, you can see plenty more videos I've posted. Like I've mentioned here, I've done some. You can find them on the website. I've done white papers. And, and then the simplest thing is right there at the top is a contact link. Uh, just click on that. You can instantly and easily schedule a specific date and time to have a conversation with me. Uh, we can talk about, you know, very granular topics uh, like this, if you like today's topic, if you'd like, or if you want to just begin that macro conversation of here's here's what my current practice looks like. What what might that look like in the RA model and everything from the economics to the flexibility to the control to the, re- the responsibilities. I'm happy to have that conversation with you. So with that, I hope you found value in today's video and I'll see you on the next one.